You're going to find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. You're listening to SWOTOR Reforged. Quotor Reforged is brought to you by TweetAudio.com, affordable earbuds for your smartphone or MP3 device, engineered for awesome sound clarity and durability, starting at $19.95. Choose from four styles and six different colors. Use the code off the record for 30% off, free shipping, and a lifetime warranty, all at TweetAudio.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another great episode of... The Holonet News. This is episode three, and I am your host, Jedi Master Eve Arwen. Today's record date is September 12th, Wednesday evening, September 12th. I am joined by my number two guy here on the Millennium Falcon, my Wookiee companion, and the guy who's going to run out there and, and fix the hyperdrive when it breaks down, Louis Olan. Hello, Eve Arwen. Insert random Wookiee roar here. <laughs> yes, Hold that's on. me. There we are. There you go. With the Hydra Spanner just bashing the crap out of those tight parts. <laughs> Why would you work? <laughs> Funny, you do that in real life on the car, too. Anyway. Indeed. Well, thank you, thank you, uh, everyone, for, for uh, joining us yet again for another another great week and man it's been it's been one hell of a news week i'll tell you that <laughs> yes it has holy wow. god i mean every single day it's just been you know i'm checking all the all the news feeds and uh you know it's been almost every day since last wednesday it's just been oh this is really relevant like we definitely have to feature this on the show and you know i, I mean i don't think some some things like you know certain certain bioware uh, personnel going on vacation is not something we're going to we're going to put out there but <laughs> but <laughs> apparently we did <laughs> we just mentioned it on the show so apparently we did <laughs> cuz why are they taking us with them i know right let's go to cabo <laughs> let's go to cabo um who else is not going to cabo is uh is uh, not only Lou and I are not going to Cabo, but uh neither is is uh Brian. Brian Armstrong, he's been working diligently, uh very, very hard, posting unbelievable columns all weekend long. I mean our site is is looking great right now, Swotorreforge.com. It looks amazing with all of the, the news that Brian's been keeping up with and uh and his wife is actually giving birth as we speak. Yes. Congratulations, Brian yeah, so congratulations to to Brian Armstrong and uh, and Lady Brian Armstrong. I guess I don't know her name. <laughs> yes, Lady Br- Lady Brian. We'll use we'll borrow Dave's. <laughs> Lady Brian. Lady Brian. Lady Brian. <laughs> Lady Brian. Um, so here, here, let's let's get into the show. Uh, we are we are about to debut your headlines as of Wednesday, September sixth, to today, Wednesday, September twelfth. Your major headlines. <laughs> All right, our first oh. duck. There we go. All right, so what? Do we... <laughs> go ahead, Lou. What do we got? So our first headline: We're going to have a revealing interview with Gabe Amatangelo. Mm-hmm. This past Thursday, on September fifth, GameBreaker reported that they had a chance interview with the principal lead PvP designer for Star Wars: The Republic, who is Gabe Amatangelo, while they were at PAX Prime. 
Now, this interview covers a myriad of topics from content releases to opinions on free-to-play, the type of player they want to market toward, and even PvP gear going forward, as well as the past layoffs. And here we have some of the highlights. Now, we can't expect a six-week cycle for new content. And examples given were the new Operation, the new War Zone, the new HK-51, Bill Savage Area, things of that nature. Now, insight into how Bioware is coming along with free-to-play was given as well. Gabe Amitangelo stated the tech is in place, but we're debating internally. We're discussing things like, quote, is it X per day, X per week, or do we limit it at all? Or do we do something like the rewards are limited instead of the content, unquote. He also stated, personally, when I'm developing stuff, I leverage what the community speaks up about, and I use that to influence some of those debates. Now, when asked about issues regarding level 50 PvP, Gabe stated they wanted a 20% gap between a new level 50 to a top-geared one, and they couldn't hit it. So, one way they're going to handle this is that in the future, there's going to have, they're going to have a level 50 bolster. They're going to introduce a recruit gear, Mark II, in the next patch. But a level 50 bolster will also bring things closer to that 20% gap. Uh, issues with the loom was also raised, and Amitangelo stated, and I quote, At this point, what we're wanting to do is an event that revitalizes it. It'll have something to do with an alien race crash landing into it. In addition to revitalizing the open world PvP, we're also looking at the obvious issues like faction imbalance and things of that nature, though I can't get into the details of our approach right now, end quote. He also specified that Nightmare Modes for Eternity Vault and Terror from Beyond are on the dev chart, so they are coming. Uh, the idea of revisiting these planets is something that they're you know, working on as well. Uh, that comes from Game Breaker. Now, uh, Amitangelo was also granted an interview to a fan site uh, for, called SWOTOR Life, S-W-T-O-R Life, who recorded a video at Gamescom. Now, we got some of the highlights for you, and we'd like to play uh, those highlights for you right now. Um, one of the... They asked, basically in this interview, uh, Swotor Life was asking um, a couple of questions. Now, we've got four that we want to feature. It's an 11-minute long video. We're not going to play the whole thing. Um, there's certain things that we want to highlight, of course. When the interviewer asks these questions. I think they're a little too far away from their mic, so you can't hear them ask the question. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the question that they asked and we're going to cut over to, to the video. So the first question was, what's the new Warzone like? This is what uh, Amitangelo has, has said. Uh, the new Warzone that we're showing here for the first time ever at Gamescom is called Ancient Hypergates. It is a deathmatch two-point objective hybrid inspired by, if anyone played Warhammer Online, Kane's Embrace, except it's a symmetrical map. And so what it means is that if you get both objectives, then they will reset, they'll explode, and everyone's got to run away from the explosion. It's sort of a slow-growing kind of like mushroom cloud, nuclear explosion, what have you, and you got to run and you can like root and knock people back into it to get to a safe area in the middle of the map. And then, of course, that brings everyone, all the survivors, to the safe area in the middle of the map, and chaos ensues. And that's when, like, tanks, uh, tank classes will play a big part in sort of controlling it and, and, and withstanding the damage there, and then being able to get a jump on the objectives when they reset and the explosion passes. Uh, the story behind it 
is GRI technology, ancient, you know, way advanced technological race. They have these things called hypergates that, uh, you know, allow quick travel through the far reaches of uncharted galaxy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the Empire and Republic are trying to get control of them. There's these two pylons, the two objectives that can activate their hypergate. And so you want to activate your hypergate before the enemy activates theirs because you're able to call in your fleet. And at the end of the Warzone match, your fleet will come in and finish off the rest of the players. Well, that sounds really, really cool. The, the whole part where he ends off saying that, you know, your fleet's going to come in and, and kind of end off the, the rest of the players. I, I'm, I'm kind of into this whole thing. This is actually PvP that I'm, I'm really excited about. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I can't wait to actually see this happen. Yeah. Of course, not to me. But <laughs> oh, yeah. Of um, course. <laughs> hold on a second here. Let me see if I can jump over to, uh, to our next question here. Okay, there we go. Um, so the next question is, why haven't you made Ilum an instanced war zone? And, and Gabe, uh, in fact, says, says this. Yeah, see, this is the part where you can hear the questions very, very low. Apologize for the audio. Yeah. Here we go. Sure, yeah, no, no. I, I mean, there is... One of the things about Ilum is that the designs that we went in with, we were never able to execute them. We are never able to get them in the game in time. There was a lot of emergent issues leading up to launch that sort of commanded resources from it, and it was one of the last things we were doing. Um, so we were never able to get the sort of design that we intended in there. We were going to do things like uh, objectives that would scale based on the populations or control the populations in a way that you're, you're describing, as well as potentially uh, cascading from one area to another based on the results in a certain area, from one planet to another, things like that. These are all things that we are, you know, we're testing and we're iterating on, and we're waiting for certain uh, technological developments to enable it um, on the on the different planets and things of that nature, and there's also we we want to do larger scale war zones because effectively what you're talking about is saying hey like when you're saying like an Alterac Valley it's a larger scale war zone. There's stuff like that we want to do as well, but there's certain developments in the engine and things like that that you know we're working on and we got to wait until that that's done before we we can't just like throw it out the gate and say hey because because we want to do this now we're doing it now we got to do it when when the time's right for it. So there's uh, there you go. He uh, he's waiting for he's waiting for the time to to effectively be be right for it. Um, okay. So the the third question that we have up for this is going to be when will we see the continuation of our story? That's a that's a huge question, right, Lou? <laughs> oh yes, definitely. I will definitely love to see our stories continue. Yeah, without a doubt. And um, Gabe, in fact, uh, says this. Yeah, well, I mean, it's 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 full fledged, and we're doing a level cap increase, and it's a major continuation of the story. Uh, I can't give you any dates on it, but it is, uh, you know, it is. In the works. I, I, it's in the works. It's in the works, and it's and you know, it's pretty far along, and we're we're really we're really excited about it. Um, so, when that happens, you'll have to talk to a producer because I can't be the first one to announce those things. Leave that to the EPs. Leave it, leave it to the EPs, he says. Um, <laughs> the, the, uh, the next question, which I think is, is very, very important, um, he has asked, when will we see guild ships, ship customizations, and same-sex marriage? 
Now, pay close attention here at the end because he reveals something that may be in Makeb, which obviously we all know, you know, Makeb is, is due out uh, very, very, very soon, very momentarily. So, all right, let's, uh, let's cut over to Gabe. Guild capital ships and uh, player ship customization. It is, it is something on the, you know, it's on the wall. It's something they want to do. You know, a lot of people want to do at the office. What happens when you go live? Emergent issues. New things, you know, uh, come up that you have to spend, you know, development time and resources on, right? It, it's sort of like kind of what happened with Ilum because Ilum was one of the last things we were doing. And emergent issues with, you know, character persistence, et cetera, came up. And it kind of took resources from it, so we weren't able to, to fully see it. But we still want to fully see it through. Similar thing. It's like we've got the free-to-play option. Uh, we saw that a huge uh, uh, part of the player base would be re-engaged in the game if they had a free-to-play option. And, I mean, it's it's the market, right? It's like all the online games are having free-to-play options. Um, so it became an emergent issue. They got in the way of some of these other things. But it is making the game more accessible to a lot more players. And it is it's servicing the players because it's players first. And so we, we take surveys, we look at metrics, and we try to give the players what the players want first. You know, and obviously there's different players that want different things, but it's like we try to service the majority as much as we can. Um, obviously within reason, we don't want to break the game just because, the, you know, if the majority is saying, hey, we want this, but it breaks the game, we don't want to do that, but we want to service the majority as much as we can. Um, the same-sex relationship stuff, there is, I think it's in McKeb in the uh, in the new update, I think there's some stuff in there, but I... I I don't know. I'm not. A, I'm not a writer. That's sort of the, the aspect that I'm kind of furthest from. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's cut it there. Um, basically, what he says. I don't know if he caught it or not, but he says that the same-sex marriage thing might actually be involved in the McKeb update. So that that to me is is uh, is very is very interesting because I, I don't know if he was actually supposed to let that slip. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly, and I wonder if he actually got a little slap in the wrist somewhere at the Gamescom saying, Gabe, we need to talk. <laughs> but yeah, what's, what's going on? Um, the other thing that I want to point out is, and this is just a side note, and we're going to move on to our, our next uh, headline right after this, um, but that is this. He keeps saying emergent issues, emergent issues. As they're working on the game, basically his, his point is is that as, they, as they've been developing the game, other problems would crop up or, or things that, that became uh, suddenly higher priority than, than what they were already working on recently just, just crops up out of nowhere. Why, I'm, why am I bringing this up? Because I saw this in Rift. And if you look at Rift now as compared to what Rift was at launch, it's a dramatically different game and it's a full-fledged um, I shouldn't say full-fledged, but it's it's a it's a much um, more colorful and a much more accommodating uh, MMO. I really feel like uh, Swotor needs that that time. It needs that time, and it's it's getting the time, of course. But I think by this time next year, we're going to be looking at at a at a Swotor at a at a tour that is servicing all those aspects of the game that we want in there now. So I'm, I'm, that's why I'm bringing this up because he keeps saying emergent issues, these, these emergent issues crop up and we got to take care of that. And I think at the end of the day, 
you know, a year from now, I, I believe we're, we're going to be looking at a, at a at a much more expansive old republic. All right, Lou, uh, quick, quick bar slots coming by year end. What's this all about? Yes, you heard right, folks. More quick bar slots are coming by year end. On this past Thursday, Allison Berman responded to a general discussion on the forums entitled More Quick Bar Slots. And there she explained that after discussing the issue of additional quick bar slots being added to the game, Damien Schubert confirmed they would indeed be in, and by year-end. Now, if you're not familiar, quick bar slots are those action bars at the bottom of your interface that house your icons and skills. Right. So that's always a welcome change, because if you're like me, you always want to have more options and maybe have different setups, so this is a wonderful thing. You know, more freedom... More customization of the UI, especially for players. Yeah, that's always a good thing. Oh yeah, this is one of those tiny little things that that you know uh, get, that Gabe was was talking about as far as emergent issues. Tiny little things that suddenly become a priority. They want to put it in the game. Um, you know, in a year in a year's time, I, I say that all those tiny little things like quick bar slots. Uh, which will be at the end of the year. Uh, there, all those things are going to be in there. We're going to be looking at a much, uh, a much more servicing uh, old republic. Indeed, I mean anywhere that makes the game easily for the player to to pick up and play. Yeah, that's always a good thing. Oh yeah. All right, and uh, Lou, what's what do we have next here? Clarification of resolve class changes. This this sounds very similar, like the. Uh, the headline we had last week. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. <laughs> only, only deeper explained. Yes, what they did is that they, yes, indeed, a clarification, a better clarification, or more clarification of the resolve and class changes that are coming up, especially with game update one point four. Now, yes, there was quite a bit of backlash, kind of an understatement there <laughs> from the public <laughs> after Bioware announced that game update one point four is going to include some resolve and PvP centric class changes. The concern was that changes like this, while they may be good for PvP, can sometimes end up hurting PvE or vice versa. Now, Senior Community Coordinator Allison Berryman spoke with Senior Designer Austin Peckinpah and Senior PvP Designer Rob Hinkle and posted an update on the SwoTor.com forums. Allison said, and I quote, While it's true that some changes may be motivated by design requirements in one gameplay mode, we never make a change without confidence that it's fun and appropriate in all, all gameplay modes. End quote. She went on to say, I quote again, If during our playtesting we find that one experience suffers at the cost of another, we revisit our design goals and our options and reassess our approach. End quote. Some of the changes in question include overload and force wave, which now reaches 15 meters in front of you, almost twice the previous range. We have an additional quote here. Uh, from Allison as well. And I quote, The extra reach is quite a bit of fun and quite useful all around. Similarly, although stuns that now have a 10-meter range are irrefutably worse, we've taken measures to correct for this loss by adding a few new tools and skills to the affected classes. Now, in response to uh, questions regarding the changes to resolve in relation to coordinated and uncoordinated teams, Allison has said, being affected by two stuns simultaneously only controls you for four seconds, but it gives you full resolve. To be plain, this makes escaping a rampaging melee player very, very difficult. What this change actually does is make wasted control not to build extraneous resolve. 
once this change goes live, two well-coordinated players will not be able to control a target for any longer than they ever were able to before. End quote. Very, uh, very, very interesting stuff. I, I have to say, um, you know, coming out of come, someone who's who's not even involved in in PvP at all, I can, I can definitely understand, you know, where where they're going with this. Right, I can see you know, both sides where the players can be a little. I think they're a little put off. Yeah. With these proposed changes, and you know, I think that's what they should keep in mind, though, is that it's proposed. Yes, they're. They're putting on the PTS, the player test server, but as with anything, you know, it could they could change it last minute. Oh, without a doubt. So, all right. So, what's our next headline? All right, we have another headline from Allison, where Allison Berryman confirms that everyone goes to a destination server. Everyone's going. Pack your. Bags. Everyone's going. Pack the bags. Get ready. <laughs> hop on the ship. <laughs> now, this past Friday, Allison Berryman. Confirm the fact that everyone who's not currently on a destination server will be transferred to one eventually. And I quote here, The plan is that we will be eventually automatically transferring players to destination servers. After that, more options may become available. We'll update everyone when there are more specifics. End quote. Now, as you may remember, the servers emerged back in July to address population distributions issues. Servers were categorized into either origin servers or destination servers. Players from select origin servers were given a destination server to, to elect to transfer into. Now, the above statements confirm the idea that those who remain on the origin servers will, in fact, be automatically transferred in time. And just in case you were wondering, party Jawa, party Jawa, wherever I go, my Jawa goes. <laughs> My buddy. <laughs> My bu- All right. The tallies are in from Bioware's fan favorite voting contest. And you have chosen the Party Jawa. <laughs> party Jawa. <laughs> uh, yes, those of you who have remained loyal to the Old Republic will receive this unique and awesome in-game pet who will celebrate your veteran status when the game goes free to play. Here's what Bioware has stated about the requirements to earn the pet. The Party Jawa will be rewarded to current or previous subscribers as of August 1st and who are active subscribers when the free-to-play option launches. End quote. No word yet on the exact date of when Tor will go free-to-play has been released. Just that it'll be this fall. And on the public test shard, you now have... Update 1.4, Terror from Beyond... Brian Armstrong checked in with us on Tuesday and brought us this news post regarding update 1.4 on the PTS. So great job writing this up, Brian. I'm going to uh, read it off to the wonderful people who have not read it yet. (laughs) (laughs) And Brian says, can't wait for game update 1.4 and Bioware's MMO Star Wars The Old Republic? Then wait no more. Rush over to SWOTOR's public test server to try, try it out for yourself. The new operation, Terror from Beyond, is now available. Additional information was released on Monday about what players can expect in game update 1.4. Number one, in the operation, Terror from Beyond, players will travel to the Greek controlled planet of Asation with the objective of, saying, of saving the galaxy by closing the ancient Hypergate, which has been opened by the Dread Masters. 
you'll fight your way through five new epic bosses, all leading up to the incredible final battle. Two, you'll have access to new PvE endgame Dreadguard gear, which Bioware calls the most powerful equipment yet. A, uh, a preview of this you can find on, on our website, SwotorReforge.com. Also, a new key feature in Group Finder will allow you to return to your original location when you leave the group, meaning you won't have endless amounts of running or traveling to get back to where you were. Thank God. <laughs> yes. Thank you, gaming gods. Thank you, Bioware. Thank you, Bioware. Cycle, cycle, cycle. Thank you. Now you can also expect new PvP class weapons for 3,475 Warzone comms and brand new daily relics for 400 daily comms. Players will now also have the ability to use emotes to set your character's moods through facial expressions. Wow. Mm. Theoretically, this means that if the player is in a terrible mood, his character can be altered to reflect that. It might be a good idea to clear that player in PvP. (laughs) (laughs) Angry face PvP, you may want to duck some rolls, folks. Finally, you'll be able to customize your campaign's outfit to match their chest piece and turn off their helmet so you're able to still see your character's face head, which seems important considering you'll now be able to set your character's facial expression. Yes, indeed. Oh, I'm looking so looking forward to that. <laughs> I, I saw a video, not to interrupt you, I saw a video for the uh, the facial expression thing, and it's, you know... It, it's all right, I guess. I don't know if I'm going to get much use out of it, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, we'll wait and see what happens. Yeah. That does have some interesting possibilities, though. <laughs> yeah, it does. Especially it once does. Sith Lord Korv gets his hands on it. I oh, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> and the information keeps rolling in about Game Update 1.4. So continue to check in. Check in on our site, SwordToReforged.com. And tune in weekly for SwordToReforged. And, of course, the Sword to Reforge Holonet for all the latest news about Star Wars The Old Republic. Woot. And patch notes have dropped. Tuesday, September 11th, patch 137A dropped. Maintenance only took two hours this week, but it was just enough to deploy this very important update. And I quote, Resolved an issue that prevented a significant number of missions, including many class missions, from being completed. Allison Berryman, Senior Community Coordinator, released a statement regarding the fix. And I quote, This issue we corrected affected a large number of missions, but players should no longer be blocked from progressing. If you find a mission that continues to be blocked, please let us know. And this just in, speaking of patch notes and maintenance, um, I just checked our Twitter feed and maintenance... Emergency maintenance for September thirteenth, twenty twelve. That is that is uh, that is obviously tomorrow. Because I'm goofy, I gotta check my calendar. Because <laughs> I'm goofy like that. Um, I'm just gonna read this right off the uh, the uh, the old Republic site because we we don't have any notes for this. So because uh, this literally just came in, uh, we will be deploying a patch and performing an unscheduled maintenance this Thursday, September thirteenth. Patch notes will be made available shortly after the servers come back up. Servers will be down for two hours on Thursday from 2 a.m. Central, which is midnight uh, uh, Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern, until 4 a.m. Central, which is 2 a.m. Pacific, 5 a.m. Eastern. All game servers will be offline due to this pe- during this period. Maintenance is expected to take no more than two hours, but it could be extended. 
after the maintenance, please log in via the launcher, download the patch, yada, yada, yada. So there you go. We have emergency maintenance coming up for tomorrow, which by the time you're listening to this, I'm sure it, it already would have would have dropped. But uh, you can't tell us we didn't mention it, you know? Can't say that. Can't say that. <laughs> can't say that. Um, and that brings us to this week's face palm moment. Utini <laughs> indeed. All right. Wouldn't it be awesome if uh, Dr. Ray Mizuka would, would be a little bit more discreet about his personal views on American politics on Twitter? Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> it, it might be. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't... <laughs> I'm not trying to be a jerk. I, I really am not. But I mean, I, I get it. Like I, I get, I get the whole thing. Like what he's trying to do, and great. Um, but I mean, he's he's very vocal about this sort of thing, and which is fine. But I mean, you know, Bioware kind of scoops itself up into, you know, uh, how should I put it? They 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 hit the news in in gaming quite often, you know. I think he'd want to stay away from from any kind of negativity, and he might actually draw in some negativity regarding some of the things that he says over over his Twitter. So, um, you know what I mean? Like we're all gamers here. Let's keep it a gaming. Uh, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, we're we're all gamers. We can all appreciate that. Indeed. Indeed. All right. And Lou is here with us for around the forums. Lou, take it away. Yes. Right now, one of the most popular threads that's happening on the SWOTOR forums, and it's still going strong, is the one that's titled The Developer Update, Class Changes, and Balance in Game Update 1.4. Now, if we all had a chance to read it, though, on the site, with the proposed changes coming to the game when Update 1.4 is released, players continue to express either their support or their dismay, since the information became known on the 31st of August. And so far, it seems like the Sith Sorcerer and Jedi Sage players, uh, or the majority of them I've seen posting there, are not happy with the change to their knockback abilities to that frontal end, frontal end cone shape ability as opposed to its current 360 spread. Yeah, I have to admit, the, the 360 spread for the Sage ability is is pretty awesome. Um, they're, they're thinking about making... They're going to put it into a, a cone effect AOE, and I don't know if it would hold the same kind of uh, shiny, you know, for for me as it as it does now. Right, and so far I've seen some really well thought out arguments from both sides of the issue. Yeah, from players who support it, players who don't support it, players who mostly PVE or PVP, what have you, and there have been some really good exchanges going on, and I really hope that someone from Bioware is. Is reading into this and taking a look at it, and we'll hopefully use that as a source of material to get back with them in their meetings. Say, hey, you know what? This is what the players are saying. Yeah, I Even mean, for the PTS, it, this is what they're saying. From a DPS point of view, if it's in a cone effect, I can definitely, I can definitely, I'll, I will definitely know where those mobs or mob is going to end up. With the 360, I just know they're going to go somewhere behind them, and they 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 could aggro other other enemies and come running at me, which I don't want at that moment. Exactly. So I mean, it is a bit more precise, but at the same time, the spell effect is. It, I don't know. I, I guess either way you look at it, it's still an awesome spell effect. But. Yes, <laughs> you know, it's an iconic ability that we'd all like to see. Yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead, Lou. I apologize. Oh no, no worries. Now, in addition, 
the range reduction that is being introduced on some advanced classes' stun or interrupt abilities raise issues on class survivability, not only in PvP, but in PvE as well. Now, some have felt that the ranges being introduced with the changes make it infeasible uh, to use those abilities at all, especially if you are a light armor wearer. Uh, for example, I'll, I'll just use a quick example. All right, some of the interrupts that a sorcerer would use, okay, it, it's prevalent that, you know, they're usually the healers. Okay, not normally. They can DPS as well. Not saying that, but in a healing role, okay, I... Why would you want your sorcerer in the thick of things to move closer to the target? Okay. Some of these changes have been introduced at 10 meters. So I, I definitely would not want my sorcerer to move within 20 meters of the boss at all. But now to be forced to use that stun or interrupt at 10 meters, it, it may not be possible. Okay. So you may not, that's one less stun or interrupt you have to contribute to the group. All right. So that's what they're getting at. However, the, the big underlying concern from amongst the posters is that Bioware is introducing these changes which are impacting PvE because of PvP. All right. Uh, the big thing there is that a lot of these changes coming up are based around what's going on in PvP. All right. No one's complaining in PvE content that, you know, oh, the 360 knockback is affecting. No. It's all these changes, I mean, just strictly because of PvP. And however, this does bring up a suggestion that actually some players have been uh, voicing for a while is that hopefully Bioware will take the time to develop a separation of the class skills so that they work differently within the two distinct environments. Because let's face it, PvE is one distinct gameplay, as is PvP. All right, and a lot of games have made the mistake to try and mesh the two, and normally it just doesn't work. Because invariably you end up destroying one for the other. Yeah, well, they are. They've always been two two separate systems, and uh, you know when you affect one skill for for one system, that skill is still affected, and it's going to affect the other system as a result. And uh, it's very hard to to affect it in a positive way for both systems. And in fact, usually it's virtually impossible um, because of the way usually these MMOs are built. Um, all right, another popular topic floating around the forums is why is Bioware sitting on paid character transfers? Now, that's not coming from us. That's that's a quote. Yes. <laughs> um, the uh, So even though uh, the, the free character transfer service was introduced a couple of months ago with players given their choices if they were on Origin or Destination servers, people are still wondering what the holdup is, if any, as to why the service is not live yet. Some players were not happy with the destination server given to them, while others may have liked to, you know, get off their, their home server and find a new place to settle down. Um, remember, if you were on a destination server, the transfer service was not available to you. General assumption amongst these posters is the belief that Bioware is simply waiting for the free-to-play model to go live later in the year before they eventually offer this service openly to all of its customers. A good suggestion brought up is to offer current subscribers another free one-time-only opportunity to transfer their characters where they'd like to go. I, I, I regarding that, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have an issue with that, to be honest. No, I mean, neither uh, would I. No, I could see why why Bioware would wait for free to play, 
to to come out. I think they want to keep their population stable and where it's at because right now it does feel stable. It does. It, it does. does. It does feel stable. So I can understand why they would say like, all right, let's not have too much anarchy going on with this. Let's just get the free to play. Let's see where it goes. How many people join when the free to play hits? How many people start to leave after month one and two? And then start. I, I mean, I would say by by quarter one actually of next year, I think they're going to have either some sort of um, paid character transfer service, or you know, you can transfer your character like once every. Once every week or once every two weeks, kind of a thing for free. Um, right. Yeah, I would definitely. Yeah. Uh, either way, I would definitely support either way, because it does give the player, you know, that opportunity to leave if they so choose. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so what's what's our uh, our third one up here, Lou? All right, a few days ago, uh, well, actually, several days ago, on the fifth of September, Eric Musco, who was the community coordinator for the tour forums, added this to the site. Now, Bioware recently introduced their newest community blog, the Guild Spotlight. In Eric's own words, I quote, In each blog, we will take one guild from around the Old Republic and share their story. We plan to feature guilds from all walks of life, from the Hardcore Operations Guild to the Role-Playing Guild, setting up nightly events in their favorite cantina. If you have an interesting story to tell, we want to help you share it, end quote. Now, if you're interested in being featured in the Guild Spotlight, all you have to do is take the following questions, answer them, and then copy and paste them into the form response on the thread. Now, here are the questions. Just obviously, you know, what's your guild name? Might help. <laughs> guild website, if you have one. What server you're on. What makes your guild stand out. One reason you feel we should spotlight your guild. And the last question. Anything else about your guild you would like to add? Now, this is a great means of guild advertisement and making your guild's presence known amongst the player base. All right, because I, if you visit the forums, the server group forums they have now, it's kind of a hit and miss because now you're sharing information between a whole different host of servers. All right, they follow, if you haven't been there, they follow alphabetical range. So it, it'll be from range A through E for that one forum, and now you've got all those servers with those first letters, and sometimes it can be uh, quite daunting to sift through it to find your particular server and all information for your server on there. So with this, hey, if you're looking for players, you want to get yourself known, this is one way to do it. I think this is a great way to do it. This is, you know, from them, and come on, think about it, you would be your own sticky. Oh, yeah. On the forums, that's awesome. How awesome would that be to see your guild on his sticking on it. Oh my god, it's us. <laughs> wow. They, they, we, we did it. They featured us they featured us in the blog. We're here. We're we're it now. We're the we're the it guild. It, exactly. How however I must mention there's one caveat though mm-hmm. for this. Now your guild and anyone else in your guild, no one should have received any infractions from Bioware. Meaning you have to have been, you know, you have to be a good guild. Good good players in terms of you and your players behave well in game and on the forums. I mean, you haven't received any warnings, any infractions from the GMs, customer service, or anyone from the forums in order to be considered. Because if they strike down your guild and they find you have a record or people in your guild that have that, then they're going to turn you down. <laughs> yeah. Got to gotta play nice, guys. You got to yes. play well with others. Bioware's got to give you that, that gold star. Mm-hmm. Plays well with others. 
All right. Um, that's that's the SWOTOR news for the week. However, um, let me just double check. And we are clear. Yeah, that's everything. That's that's the tour news for the week from Wednesday to Wednesday. Um, but we're not done here. We've got the expanded universe. So, Star Wars fans, perk your ears up. Lego Star Wars Land has been confirmed. Last week, we reported on a rumor that a Star Wars Land may be added to Legoland Amusement Park. On Thursday, September 6th, the Force.net reports that it is, in fact, in the works, confirmed by Legoland in Florida. Yes. Legoland, <laughs> Legoland, Legoland has stated this during their announcement, and quote, Star Wars Miniland will include Lego scenes from six movie series of films as well as the animated Clone Wars TV series. The section will follow a chronological path through the Star Wars timeline. Some of the 2,000 Lego models will be more than six feet high. Visitors will be able to activate animations throughout the scenes using interactive buttons. End quote. How cool is that, huh? You know there's going to be a six-foot-tall Darth Vader and all black Legos going, Come here, you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hoping there isn't a seven foot tall Jar Jar. <laughs> I think that one's going to disappear. If there was one, I think what may happen is that was there a Jar Jar here? Is it, there's a spot for him? But oh well. <laughs> how much? How much would you hate your life if you were like a huge Star Wars fan and it was your job to put together the seven foot tall Jar Jar Binks and you like hated Jar Jar Binks? <laughs> I, I think that would be Fred's dr- or nightmare job. Nightmare. Yeah. At, at, at Mega Lego Mini Land going. I have to do what? <laughs> That's Sith Lord Korv's personal hell. <laughs> <laughs> yes, karma is coming back to you, Sith Lord. <laughs> some Star Wars, some Star Wars fans like really just like they flat out hate hate Jar Jar Binks. And I mean, you know, the character is annoying, but I mean, some people really like they they get really fueled about that sort of thing. They really hate Jar Jar, and I I feel bad if God. I hope the guy that if there is a Jar Jar. And obviously, someone had to put them together. I hope they, I hope they didn't, like love Star Trek or something. <laughs> <laughs> Just for that guy's sake. All right, Star Wars Detours. There is an update in a recent interview with IGN. Star Wars Detours creator Seth Green and Matt Seinrich have stated that their series will not be sketch comedy, unlike their hit Robot Chicken. In fact, it'll be a non-serialized episodic series, kind of like MacGyver. Oh, and friends. <laughs> also, even though that Luke Skywalker was missing from the trailer they showed at Star Wars Celebration 6, he will very much be a part of the series and that Obi-Wan seems to be attempting to start Luke's galaxy-saving career at many different points, but manages to fail every single time. <laughs> I, I can only imagine what that's all about. <laughs> oh, 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 it gets better. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, this, this next one, Lou, I'm, I'm, I'm personally attached to in every way, shape and form. Yes. Same here. Since, you know, I, but I think we both ordered the, the, that, uh, one series the same night. <laughs> yes. We heard the announcements. Oh yeah. <laughs> what we've got coming up, folks, what we're talking about is that we have three Star Wars titles impending. They're coming from Dark Horse Comics. Woo-hoo. Dark Horse Star Wars Comics fans, get ready. I'm ready. That's right. Get ready. I'm ready. There's three issue titles of your favorite galaxy, I'm far, ready. far away, 
They're slated to come out in December 2012, and they are... That's too long! Star Wars, Lost Tribe of the Sith, Spiral. It's titled Spiral, number five out of five. And it's the final chapter of this miniseries, which is going to draw to a close. Now, a powerful Sith rebel is attempting to annihilate a lost tribe of Sith and reach the galaxy. And it's up to Lord Drepa to stop the Sith rebel once and for all. The second title, the Star Wars Omnibus, Infinities. And this is a collection of stories from the original movie trilogy that showcases how Han, Luke, Leia, and Vader could have ended up if one thing had changed. The characters go into completely different paths than shown in the movies, and their stories end quite differently. This omnibus collects Star Wars Infinities, A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. That's so cool. I know. I, I always like those what-if stories. So cool, yeah. Like, what happened if Luke had missed the torpedo? <laughs> what if Vader had shot Wedge? Oh, oops. <laughs> what if Han didn't shoot first? <gasps> but he did. <laughs> <laughs> I have an old VHS tape. He did. He did. He did it. And the third title we're previewing, Star Wars, Dawn of the Jedi. <laughs> this one is titled The Prisoner of Bogan Number 2 out of 5 I can't wait for this to come out Yes Folks, Such a if, you have, if you haven't read this series I I cannot Begin to recommend it You need to read the series Just read it Just, <laughs> just, just read it. Put the podcast down Go to a comic book shop And just go in there and be like Star Wars, Dawn of the Jedi Give me all now or if you can't do that, if it's if it's not possible, you know what? Do what we did. Darkhorse.com. Darkhorse.com. Yeah, has all. They even have an app, guys. They have an app. You put it on your phone. I read it at the boring parts of work. I'm not going to sit in front of my computer. I got games to play and podcasts to, to record. <laughs> I did it at. I read it at work <laughs> on my phone using exactly. The app. It was great. <laughs> so what do we got for the the Prisoner of Bogan number two out of five? Yes. Now this particular issue has. With Zesh now, after Zesh is exiled to the dark moon of Tython, Bogan, he encounters Dagon Locke, another Jedi exile. The no, no, you got to say it right. It's not Jedi. It's Jedi. 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 <laughs> Gosh, can remind me. The two manage to escape, and the three young Jedi who first encountered Zesh must team up with their masters to ensure that Locke's visions are not brought to fruition. Now, folks. Yvonne did make a good point. This is the dawn of the Jedi. And yes, even with the lore, the Jedi, as you see the current spelling now, wasn't always that way. It was originally, uh, so those who obviously can't read the notes we have, it's J-E-D apostrophe I-I, with the emphasis on the long part of the I. I think that's, I may have spelled that incorrectly, actually. Well, well let's take a look. I know other, other titles we've had with the Jedi in the past, yeah, it's had that, that, that honorific uh, emphasized somewhere. It's uh, I, I apologize. I spelled that incorrectly. It's J E apostrophe D A I I. That's how, how the yeah Jedi. Um, now, if, if people are scratching their heads, I mean, you know, you got to as as you were saying, Lou. It's it's the origin of of the Jedi and the Sith, the origin of the Force users, this takes place something like 30,000 years uh, before the Battle of Yavin. Yes, to, to help put in perspective, 
Uh, remember, the Jedi have only been, well, they've been in existence for over, gosh, 25,000 years as an order. Now, this takes place before that, so now we're going another five, you know, several thousand years before that. Yeah. Okay, when the first people gathered together, saying, wow, what's this thing we're feeling? It's called the Force, man. <laughs> Let's go figure this out. Yeah. All right, uh, we've got the Holonet Game Guide coming up. So that's uh, that concludes our our news for the week. And I uh, hope you enjoyed, but stay tuned. Your game guide is coming up, and we're going to show you a little bit about Black Hole Tips and Tricks and how to spend your comms wisely. Wisely. Be right back. Game Guide coming up next. You must learn the ways of the Force. All right, so here we are. We've got your game guide all all ready and and raring to go. But first, we want to thank Patrick from Grievance Guild. He's uh, he he did a great job this week writing up the game guide for your black hole tips and tricks and how to spend your accommodations wisely. So, Patrick, thank you very much. And here we go. So, Patch 1.3 introduced several new ways to acquire black hole accommodations through the LFG tool. Between a daily hard mode flashpoint, weekly missions for explosive conflict, and the black hole missions, and even a pickup story mode operation, it's possible to pull in upwards of 50 black hole commendations a week. But before you run out and buy that fancy new chess piece, how can you be sure you're getting the most bang for your black hole buck? <laughs> that might have been worded differently. <laughs> Here we <laughs> Patrick, I love you. <laughs> Here are a few tips to help. Number one, don't buy back don't buy black hole bracers or belts. Gee, say that five times fast. <laughs> don't buy black hole bracers or belts. Bracers and belts are two of the cheapest black hole pieces available. So people tend to buy them first. However, a Ricotta level twenty five armoring and a black hole level 26 mod in an orange bracer or belt will actually produce a piece superior to what you can buy with black hole comms. Consider the following comparison for a Jedi Sage's bracers. Black hole force healers MK1 cuffs are 102 willpower, 71 endurance, and 41 power. Omen bringers bracers, advanced resolve armoring 25, advanced aptitude mod 26, has 114 willpower, 76 endurance, and 41 willpower. Where will you find these mods? Level 25 armorings drop from the final bosses of hard mode EV and KP, and the level 26 mods can be extracted from other black hole gear. Alternatively, both pieces may be purchasable on the GTN for around Brace yourself for around five hundred thousand credits each, Oof. and yeah, <laughs> each, and that may sound like a lot of money, but a full batch of dailies earns around two hundred thousand credits. So it still sounds like a lot of money, even though. <laughs> well, it, it, it does sound daunting at first, but you know, if you're new level fifty and you see this as a daunting challenge, it is. Don't be scared. It actually. Once you get the hang of it, once you get a hang of the dailies, yeah, 
believe it or not, the credits will start flowing in like crazy. I mean, I have several characters that are 50, and they're all sitting at over a million or over two million credits apiece. And that's just from doing the dailies. Yeah, that's that's the dailies. So over time, you'll see that amount of money come into your pocket, and you'll find out that you know it's great to have, and it's not going to be that hard. So just stick with it, and you'll have no problems. Now, the next thing we're going to talk about are the earpieces, implants, and offhand weapons. They're good investments, sometimes. It only takes about four days' worth of dailies to accumulate enough daily accommodations for a ricotta earpiece or an implant. But if you just can't bring yourself to grind out those dailies, or the ricotta options aren't especially appealing, a black hole earpiece or implant can be a good option. Before you buy it, though, make sure you're getting a piece with good stats. So let's return to our Jedi Sage for an earpiece example. The Black Hole Force Lord Mark I Relay. It has 84 willpower, 121 endurance, adds 49 to critical, and 57 to alacrity. Whereas the Ricotta Force Masters Relay, that has 103 willpower, 85 endurance, adds 44 to your critical rating, and 51 to your alacrity. Yikes! Look at all that endurance on the black hole earpiece. Now in this situation, stick with the Ricotta. Or hope a different black hole earpiece pops up on the Galactic Trade Network. Along the same lines, black hole offhand weapons can be a good investment. If your advanced class uses a focus, generator, or shield. Unfortunately, dual-wielding classes and scoundrels operatives, boo, cannot buy black hole <laughs> offhand weapons. <laughs> and number three, check black hole gear intended for other roles. Are you a DPS commando bummed about all the endurance on black hole bolt blaster boots? Bummed, bummed, bummed. Bummed, bummed, bummed. <laughs> well, maybe you're a sage disappointed with the Force Lord's focus or a sentinel angry about your, you know, foe stopper's vest. Yes. <laughs> don't, don't limit yourself to what the game has picked out for you, okay? DPS commandos can get the black hole med tech boots and sages can get their striker's generator. Even sentinels can buy the heavy armor pummeler's chest guard and pull out the mods and put in armor, medium, medium armor. This doesn't always work, all right? Neither of the commando chest pieces are particularly good. For example, and tanks only have one choice regardless. But mixing and matching like this will help you maximize your primary stat. And with black hole gear, there are no role-specific set bonuses to worry about. Of course, you'll probably want to keep your set bonuses when you get when you upgrade to the uh, when you upgrade your black hole armor. Yes, that's right. In essence, folks, don't feel you have to buy just the pieces that are limited to your class. Remember, you can, even though it's black, you can still buy it and just rip out the mods that come with it and use those that help you out. So it's a real neat trick, and it works. And here we go, leading to our next point. Number four, pull the black hole mods. Put them into the Chinese Kolomai and Ricotta armor. Mm. The endgame gear sets available at launch, Dratini's, Kolomai, and Ricotta, they have set bonuses specific to each role within an advanced class. Now, these set bonuses are tied to the armor shell, not the mods inside the armor. 
So if you want to upgrade to some shiny new black hole armor, but you don't want to lose your four-piece set bonus, pull the level 26 armoring, mod, and enhancement, and drop them into the corresponding pieces of Teenies, Kolomai, or Rakati gear. However, note that the mods and enhancements can be freely moved between any two pieces of gear, but armorings are bound to a slot. So, for example, armorings that are pulled from gloves have to be put into another pair of gloves. You can't put the armoring piece into another uh, into a pair of pants or into headgear or into your legs, for example. But moving black hole mods into old in-game gear will grant you the statistical benefit of the level 26 mods while keeping your set bonuses intact. Better yet, the mod extraction costs have been cut nearly half in the patch 1.4 update, which is now going to be made available on the PTS. However, as in all things in the PTS, it can be subject to change. So even though right now the mod, ca- mod costs have been lessened, it was the only it's up to Bioware to keep that in there, and they may decide to yank that part out. Hopefully they keep it in. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it on, on this section. So thank you very much to Patrick for, uh, for the awesome... The awesome tips and tricks. Um, I know I'll be referring back to this episode uh, quite often in the uh, in the coming weeks as I'm as I gear up as well. Um, that brings us to the end of the show, everyone. Thanks thanks for hanging out with us. Um, we've got a little a uh, couple of things that we want to remind you of. Um, number one, if you like Patrick, if you like if you like us, uh, we're all in a guild, and that guild is on Candorous Ordo. So if you want to hang out with us, we're on Candorous Ordo. We're in Grievance Guild. You can go to their website, Grievance Guild. Dot com, and uh, you can you can sign up on their forums to uh, to join the guild. All right, Quest Gaming Network news: Minecraft records on Sunday nights at seven p.m. Planet Side record, uh, Planet Side off the record, which has gone weekly now, is Thursdays at three p.m. Elder Scrolls off the record records Thursday nights at seven p.m. Diablo off the record is now changed their night to Saturday. And I believe it's at 7 p.m. now, correct, Lou? Yes, Saturday night, 7 p.m. Look at that. I remembered something correctly. It must be a blue moon outside. (laughs) Blue moon. Blue moon. And don't forget, QGN Community Cast records this Friday night at 8 p.m. It's a bi-weekly show. All right. Uh, This week, the 14th, I believe, they are going to have their their next episode. And uh, you you can join good old Fred Woodley. On the QGN community cast, as he as he grabs up one of our wonderful listeners and a host from our network, and pits them together in a death match with forks. No, that's that's not what we do here. Although it would be funny, but no, it's not it would <laughs> QGN death match. <laughs> Lou would win all the time. <laughs> um, if you're looking to be a guest, a guest host, or if you're interested in guest hosting on the community cast please send an email to qgncommunity at gmail.com and tell us your name specify if you're a legal adult or if you can provide parental consent and the names of any qgn hosts you'd like to chat with during the episode now parental consent is provided by a legal guardian speaking with the producer of our network and securing his okay we'll try to arrange for you to be on the show with someone that you have listed all times are eastern standard time final thoughts Lou, what do you got for us? Wow, we've had a busy week here at the Holonet. Ooh, yeah. And you know what? I like busy. This is great. There is just so much more to come. And 
I hate to use a cliche, it's tip of the iceberg for buyer, but it is. I think there's a lot more here they aren't giving us, and I just can't wait for more to unfold. Yeah, I really don't think there's any which way that you can view this other than it being the tip of the iceberg. I mean, they're, they're, they've come very far um, from launch, which was nine months ago, and they've got far to go, but... I mean, things are things are aligning, and um, they're they're being put. You know, the things that we're asking for are getting put into the game, um, and it, it just you know, I mean, McKeb's coming out by the end of the year, I think. I mean, uh, it, it could be sooner. It could be sooner. I know. We're going yeah, Bioware, to play. Yeah, Bioware has always surprised their their player base with some really great things, and you know, they they've always kept silent because they've honestly wanted to surprise their player base and. Uh, what they gave me us now, I think it's just a great portent of, of wonderful things to come. Oh, without a doubt. You know, yeah, this makes you wonder what haven't they told us yet that's coming our way. Oh, yeah. my God. I love it when they say it's on the board because <laughs> there's a big board out there with all stuff they're thinking about, and, and I can't wait to, to start getting into some of this stuff. Um, I feel like there was something else I wanted to say. Oh, yeah, I know a lot of I know a lot of you know players out there kind of say, like, you know, uh, there hasn't been too many, too many release dates and um, – you know, a whole lot of content that hasn't been released yet. And I think it's, I think it's coming. And if you take things into consideration, you know, I, I, I'm me personally, as, as a gamer in this game, I have not really been disappointed with, with what they've been releasing and their timetable. That's just me though. I know there's a lot of criticism out there. I'm sure Lou, you even have, have some of your own, but like me personally, I, I haven't, I haven't really been disappointed I had two war, two war zone, uh, two war zones, two two world events uh, came and went, and um, we, you know we we did the server thing. It's not really an update though, but um, oh, there has been. I can't think off the top of my head with this stuff, but I don't know. I just I haven't really felt a lack, a lacking of content. Right, and, and it is there isn't a lack of content. I mean, there are many different players, many different play styles. If you burn through all the content, so to speak. Well, yeah. that's that's yeah, that's one play style. Yeah. That's one you know, might be a few players out there, but hey, you know, there's all different types of people, all different types of play styles. There's stuff for people to do, and you know, Bioware just gave us this past week a hint, teasers of what's coming up. You know, especially PvP. Come on. All right, how to reach us? We have a website. It is swotorreforged.com. We're putting, uh, you know, news, breaking news is now on our site, as well as all of our uh, wonderful episodes from our our uh, main show, Swotor Reforged Prime, and uh, and this, the Holonet News. You can find it all at SwotorReforged.com. Uh, we are a part of the Quest Gaming Network, so you can access our, our website and all of the wonderful shows and websites from the network, from the portal, QuestGamingNetwork.com. The network has forums as well, questgamingcommunity.com. You can email us at swotorreforged at gmail.com. That's S-W-T-O-R-R-E-F-O-R-G-E-D at gmail.com. Twitter. We're in Twitter, and if you want to tweet at the show, you can send it at swotorreforged. I am Ivarwin. You can send a tweet to me at Ivarwin, E-V-A-R-W-Y-N. Lou is at GamerGuy11B, G-A-M-E-R, G-U-Y, 1-1-B. And Fred is at SithLordKorv, K-O-R-V. 
We have a presence on Facebook as well. You can click the Facebook button on our website, SwotorReforged.com, to like us and automatically follow our updates. Swotor Reforged is a Quest Gaming Network production in association with the Middle Earth Network. Good night, everyone. Glad you were here. See you all next week. Take care, everyone. Be safe, and may the Force be with you. Remember, the Force will be with you, always.